Every day is filled with choices. You're here because you're choosing to start with a win. Get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and connect with the Win Nation. And coming to you from all over the place right now, it's Adam Kanto, CEO of Remax with Start With A Win. And in the virtual studio that we are broadcasting from now, we have producer Mark. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I am doing so good. <laughs> I love it. We are figuring out how to do uh, Zoom podcasts, I guess you could say. So I've got a studio set up. Mark has a studio set up. Our guest has a studio set up. And it's kind of fun because we get to see each other even though we're not like face-to-face. So uh, with us today, we have a very special guest who is an amazing real estate agent here in the Denver metro area. We have with us Lisa Nguyen. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. (laughs) Awesome. And Lisa is a Colorado-born native, serves kind of the Denver metro area, surrounding areas. But Lisa also is bilingual in Vietnamese. So her parents uh, arrived in the U.S. as Vietnamese refugees in the 1970s with $20 in their pocket. And Lisa has made some amazing things happen in the Denver metro area, as well as with the Asian Real Estate Association of America. Is that right, Lisa? Yep, yep, that's correct. I'm currently serving as the Greater Denver 2020 president of ARIA. Awesome. You were awarded as one of the Asian American and Pacific Islander women leaders, uh, the Diamonds and Pearls of Denver in 2017 from Denver Mayor Hancock as well. And um, you're also the Colorado Homeowners Magazine 2019 40 Under 40 winner. And you've also been on the uh, American Dream TV show. We have a celebrity in our mess, our mess, a rock star. No kidding. I mean, at least so what I mean, you're you're like taking over the world and kudos to you. You're an amazing woman leader, amazing Asian American woman leader. And uh, we're honored to have you on the show today. It's great to be on the show today, especially amongst all of this, all of these things that are going on right now. Yeah, we've got we got a lot of a lot of stuff happening right now and uh, with the coronavirus and we're all kind of uh, practicing our social distancing by using uh, video conferencing and, and the podcast here. But uh, let's talk about you first though, Lisa, not, not the coronavirus. Okay. So how did, how did you get into real estate? What's your story? So it actually goes back pretty far. Um, I got my license in 2005. And at that time, it was more an idea after college of going into real estate. Shortly after I got my license, the market crashed in 2007. And so I worked through that first recession there and ended up getting pregnant with my second child. And so I quit and went into corporate for five years while I was raising my kids. And I had an aha moment one day after working five years in a corporate job. And I quit without a plan. It was pretty crazy what I did. I've never done something like that before in my whole entire life. And I cashed out my retirement and then I put it back into real estate. And so in 2016, I joined Remax Professionals. I, I got amazing opportunity with that company and they brought me on board and I took my retirement money and I bought some yard signs and a billboard on South Federal and got some business cards and I said a prayer and hoped that it would work out and I literally have never looked back since so I just celebrated my fourth year with Remax Professionals and here I am. 
four years later, actually, I guess 15 years later, technically just it's, it's been a long journey, but I I am an agent that quit at one point because it was so hard and then got back into it. And then the second time around, I said, I'm not going to do it part-time. I'm going in, you know, all in, that's it. All in or nothing at all at this point. I love your attitude, Lisa. I mean, it just, it's, I'm going to go do this and you go do it. And you're also the president of ARIA. Can you explain to us what that organization is and how you, how you got involved? Yeah. So ARIA, it was started in 2003 um, by John Wong and Alan Okamoto and a few others who had sat at a round table and decided that they were going to put an organization together to help sustainable home ownership within the AAPI communities. Um, if you look at the statistics within the community, we have very high education levels, very high income, but yet the ownership levels are a lot lower than our counterparts. And so at that time, they formed an organization not knowing what was going to happen in 41 chapters and 17,500 members later. Here we are. Uh, I got involved with ARIA in 2016 when Dylan Nguyen uh, started the Greater Denver chapter here in Denver. And I served as his treasurer, uh, dipping my feet in the water, not knowing too much about the organization. But since then, I've worked in, you know, went from treasurer to vice president last year, now to president. But um, the main purpose of getting involved with ARIA was to help service my community here. And it's not even really just about one community. I've been, you know, working with others from NARREP, NAGAREP, and NAREB, and a lot of the other organizations so that we can put our resources and our communities together uh, to try to just get everybody into houses, you know, that, that don't have the opportunity for sustainable home ownership. So for me, it's not just about ARIA, but it's just about working together for the greater good of, of helping people who would never, without these opportunities, be able to get into a home. So you, you mentioned the, uh, the rapid growing Asian American and Pacific Islanders demographic in the U.S. Specifically, why is it important to serve that community? It's very important to service it because if you were just to look at statistics alone, let's say all things aside, all opinions aside, maybe you don't speak the language, you don't know too much about the culture, but by 2055, you know, we're slated to be the largest minority group in the whole country. And so if you were just merely looking at statistics, you know, you don't work for the community, but Somebody on the other end might be a seller or a buyer. And so if you're starting to look into the future of real estate, I think it's very important to diversify yourself and just start to learn about things that you don't know. Um, because whether or not you're ready for it, the way that the demographics are changing, that's why it's going to be important to just understand you know, a little bit more about that community. There's things like FERPDA, which are on our purchase contract now that people overlook and they don't realize that it's already a part of our contracts and it's a part of our contracts for a reason because most people, they don't, they don't want to think about it until they get sued or something bad happens, but it's better just to educate yourself now and prepare for the way that the market is changing. Yeah, I completely agree. And I grew up very close to the uh, Asian American and Pacific Islanders community. Uh, One of my very best friends growing up, is Japanese, Hawaiian, and I spent a ton of time with their family. And then my neighbors were Korean. And I mean, it was just, it was part of my childhood growing up in my life and understanding the different Asian American and Pacific Islander cultures was fascinating. I love, love the cultures and just the the community and, and the family. And I think so many people are missing out if you don't 
become part of that and really, really get to know an incredibly beautiful part of society. So how do you see us as kind of as a society integrating more with the uh, Asian American and, and Pacific Islanders? Do you, do you see different growing organizations like that popping up around the US to you know, have more exposure to those that you know, just might not have exposure to those cultures and, and call it middle America or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely see a change. Um, I mean, if you think about it, ARIA was started in 2003, which in the bigger picture, wasn't that long ago. And just to see how much it's grown, I've had so much more interest even from huge banks, a lot of organizations, everybody wanting to just learn a little bit more. And there's so many, like you said, there's so much about the culture which people can learn about. Um, even as far as real estate, there's feng shui, which a lot of people here don't use, but people are practicing more and more every day, especially with what's going on you know, in society, in the community. People are are trying to have to diversify themselves to sell houses to different a different type of buyer. So even within real estate, if you just look at it in that realm, people are definitely more intrigued with learning about the community. But also, if you look at uh, international business, like I just got back from the Asia Convention in India, where I was given the opportunity to speak over there for Remax. And it was really intriguing for me to learn about how they do real estate in India. And so vice versa, there's just so many things with technology the way it is now, we're able to meet people in other countries, stay in touch with them. We're able to start doing business. I have people from that trip that are still emailing me now asking about investing money from, from India and how their investors from India would invest here and vice versa. And you know, some of the people I met on the trip, other Asians that are in New Zealand, it's the first time in my life I met somebody an Asian Vietnamese man with a New Zealand accent. So I was thrown off. Just It's just very intriguing. It's just great to see how the world is starting to blend together, how all of our different cultures and all of the different countries around the world, how we're, how we're connected. We don't think we're connected until things like this happen. And then all of a sudden we find out just how connected we are and how much we depend on one another, not just in this nation, but around the world. And that's where I kind of see things starting to change with technology, just connecting us more. Ah, one hundred percent. I completely agree, and I uh, I had the opportunity to to speak at one of our uh, uh, Asia Pacific conferences as well a couple of years ago. It was so much fun, and and you're right. It's interesting because you go to the uh, you know it's called the Asia Pacific Conference, but you get there and it is a it's a conglomeration of you know somewhere between twenty two and twenty five countries typically that like you said, extend all the way down to Australia, New Zealand, all throughout, uh, you know, different parts of, you know, Africa here and there and in all the different Asia communities and countries. So it's actually, if you're a Remax agent and you have not been to the Asia Pacific conference, I strongly encourage you to check it out. There is so much business that is going on there as well as some incredible cultural experience. I met people from Thailand, Japan, Korea, New Zealand, different parts of the world that I had never even heard of before. Um, people flew in from Africa. You wouldn't, it was not, I mean, I've been to R4 in Vegas is amazing. I love R4 just because of how much happens there. But when I went to India and got to go see the Taj Mahal with you know, the corporate in India, that was a surreal experience. And so it, it's so nice being a part of a company 
that is in this many countries. What are we in 117 different countries now? And to see what other Remax agents are doing around the world. You don't even need a license in India, which is so crazy. And I think that Remax is starting to go into these these countries and we're trying to set a standard of real estate around the world on how people should practice and be more professional in their, their business practices. And hopefully what we're doing here in the United States will be able to implement in other countries around the world, especially those Asian countries that don't have as many rules and regulations right now. I think we're really setting the bar for a lot of these other countries. And that's huge. Yeah, I completely agree. I want to I want to talk uh, briefly about you know you we talk about all these different cultures, and unfortunately, sometimes you crash into things like unconscious bias, and it's it's truly that there's no there's no ill will intended. However, we have to consciously understand that there are different cultures, and and we need to treat everybody fairly and equally in this world with fair housing. Give me a little bit of your perspective, Lisa, on some tips that maybe you have on how the real estate community can ensure that that there is not unconscious bias occurring? So um, I actually, you know, outside of serving on ARIA, I serve on the Community Alliance Task Force at the Denver Metro Association of Realtors. And what we have done is we have put all the organizations together, ARIA, NARREP, NAGAREP, NARREP, a lot of these organizations together. And what we've done is we've formed a task force where people can go to educate themselves, to learn more about fair housing. I think everybody needs to be very conscious of it. I actually don't get too, you know, there's things that do make me angry. There's things that don't make me angry. Mainly what I'm realizing though, is as I'm learning about different cases in fair housing is that a lot of people don't even realize they are violating fair housing. So the first thing I think you need to do is educate yourself. There's a lot of protected classes and so as you're going out and doing real estate, people are violating laws. I don't even think intentionally most of the time. So education is key. I just highlight that group because we are a body of education. And you can always come to our group if you have a question about, hey, is this a violation? And what we've done is we started this in 2016 and, you know, CAR took notice of it. I know Tyrone Adams, with he's the CEO of CAR. He he really stepped in and advocated for our group. And since we started our group, a bunch of other realtor organizations from around the state have started their own task forces just because they were like, wow, we didn't even realize we have nothing like this either. And, you know, there's a lot of the leaders that didn't know, you know, how they even get that education out to their realtors. I mean, and, and we ended up actually getting publicity on a national level. I had the Department of Justice call me from Washington, D.C., and I had been quoted in an article after I spoke at the economic summit and they were talking about discrimination and fair housing. And I kind of being the crazy person that I am, I invited them to Denver and I said, would you like to come meet us? And everybody was like, you invited the DOJ to come meet us. I said, I sure did. And I rounded up, you know, 17 leaders from around the state in all the different communities. And we sat down and we talked with the DOJ and everybody was nervous, but really they were like, we're not here to, get people in trouble. A lot of times, you know, companies, corporations are violating fair housing and they don't know. And so we can help in correcting those actions. So they've went into like big banks before. And, um, you know, I, I think when you get a letter from the DOJ, it's a little different from other people. So it's corrected people's actions and it's actually done good in the community. I think what we've done is spun it in a positive way, but I would say for agents that don't know, you know, go to one of the organizations or connect with an agent like me. I'm always a source and resource to REMAX agents or anybody that 
needs more information on what they may be doing to violate fair housing just because it's such a huge topic right now. And I just think a lot of people, they don't, they don't know. Totally agree. And, and thank you for all your effort on that, Lisa. I think that's an incredibly important aspect of our business and the community that we all need to be focusing on. It's something we, we have to consciously take a look at and make sure that we're you know, following fair housing and, and treating people well. Everybody deserves to be treated fairly and equally, um, regardless of of where they come from or their beliefs or anything like that. So, thank you so much for for what you do on that. So, Lisa, I have a couple of questions that I ask all of our attendees on Start with a Win. The first one is: Do you have any favorite books that you read? Uh, so, a couple. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever. I I love Think and Grow Rich, but reading yes. it over, over and over again. Um, it was one of the books that had been my favorite. And then when I actually heard Dave Linninger speak once, he said he had read that book 20 or 30 times or something. So I knew I was on the right path when our own CEO had read that book a bunch of times. But what I love about Thinking Grow Rich is they give you some advice, one of them being um, maybe a mantra, saying something two times a day. That was the best piece of advice that I took from that book. So every year I write down how many deals I want to do and how much money I want to make. And you know, I stick it in places like my whiteboard or on a mirror. And you say that mantra two times a day. And at some point you bring things to fruition from, from practicing and looking at something, you know, twice a day, every single day for the whole year. And you set goals subliminally in your head that help you to achieve those goals. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, I'm just a big, I'm a poet. So I love poetry books. I, you know, I eat, breathe, think real estate, but at the same time, there's got to be balance in your life too. So whatever it is that you love, I would recommend reading those books. I mean, I just happen to love Sylvia Plath and Edgar Allan Poe and all of those really dark poets, but I love poetry. That's my escape from real estate because there's got to be a balance to anybody that's in this industry knows that you almost have to be crazy to survive this industry. But a lot of that is by balancing yourself. So I do love poetry books. What an amazing answer and, and some uh, awesome places for our listeners to go. And Lisa, I have a question for you. Um, how do you start your day with a win? So I, for me, it's breakfast with the family. I cook up a big feast every morning. I mean, it's kind of exhausting. I know everybody doesn't have the time to do that, but I do make time for that. And I always start with a huge breakfast and um, while we're eating breakfast, sometimes we joke around and I have an attitude of gratitude. So, you know, just, I wake up and I try to tell myself, thank God I woke up and I adjust my attitude before the day starts, because however you set your morning can really, really set the tone for the rest of the day. So I'm a big advocate of a huge breakfast, a lot of joking around and an attitude of gratitude. That is how I start my morning. I love it. Lisa Nguyen, amazing REMAX agent, amazing member of the Asian American and Pacific Islanders community, as well as the real estate community globally with REMAX. Lisa is an awesome agent in the greater Denver area with REMAX professionals. So make sure you check her out for all your real estate needs in Denver, Colorado. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for being on Start With a Win. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Start With A Win. If you'd like to ask Adam a question or potentially be on our next episode, give us a call and leave us a message at 888-581-4430. Don't forget to go on to iTunes and subscribe, write a review, or rate the show. 
For more great content, follow Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And remember, start with a win.